Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Got an intense episode this week. Um, plot heavy. Start Starting to connect the dots here. A couple of really minor connections. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, I feel like I, f- I felt like season two had lots of comics connections, but maybe just not yet, right? Yeah, and I feel like, <laughs> I mean, some of them have already kind of started, like, um, who is it, Agent 33? Yeah. I believe. And like Bobby you know. and... Yes. Yeah. And and this one does, like, there are a couple, but they're just not... I mean, they're important to the story, but they're just not super important characters or necessarily super true to the characters. But... Uh, makes sense. We do we get a couple of comic book character names used in this episode. And shockingly, one of them isn't. Which I feel like I don't know. One of them I kept like thinking that really should should have been somebody. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, before we get started, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community. So be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, but why Tons of good content. Um, and we're super proud to be a part of their community. This is Season two, episode seven, The Writing on the Wall, poignant title, written by Craig Titley, who is new to the roster. I was going to say, that one seemed new. Yeah. And then directed by Vincent Missiano, who he is a veteran writer, or sorry, director. (laughs) Maybe he wrote some too. (laughs) I don't know. That's very possible. Um, Originally aired November 11th, 2014. So we this this episode starts kind of where the last episode left off. So uh, the tattoo guy um, is coming home with a woman from the bar and she's pouring them wine and she's like mentioning that she feels like she's met him before. And this actress looks so familiar to me. So I had to pause the show while I was watching this and look up the IMDb to be like, where have I seen you before? And she was in uh, one of the Batman movies like I think it was Dark Knight. Uh, the dude that, uh, <laughs> I recognize from uh, Cougar, Cougar Town. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so I yeah legit had to pause because I was like, this is going to bother me if I don't figure out where she's from. I think his name's Brian Van Holt, but I don't have it in front of me. I have That's to look fine. it up. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, we see the books on her shelf are like art books. So we know that she likes art, and the dude is like, "Look, I haven't been honest. We've met before." And he starts like walking towards her and he's like, we're connected and I'm going to. And she's like, I don't remember. And he's like, well, I'll help you remember. And then he pulls out a knife. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's so fucked up. He was not like, oh, yeah, you were an extra on Cougar Town. <laughs> like, like that no. would have been such a better like, <laughs> like conclusion to this to the scene. So it's oh very disturbing. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. That was great. <laughs> Um, so we go to the playground and there's loud jazz music playing and Colson is carving on the wall and he breaks his knife um, carving. He's like, damn it. Turns around and Sky is standing there and she turns off the music and he's like, how long have you been standing there? And she's like, long enough to see how crazy you are. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but that's basically what she means. Um, and she starts putting together the connections. So Ward has info about her father who has the diviner or had it. Now he gave it to Hydra. Um, and the diviner has the writing on it that's connected to the GH serum that's in their blood. So this is ever everything is connected somehow, and they have to figure out what to do with this. So it's a big puzzle. 
Um, and we find out that Coulson carves every night now. Um, it used to be like once or twice a month, and now his compulsions are getting worse. And May is out looking for Ward, who, if you forgot, he, he escaped in the last episode um, when he was supposed to be going to his brother's, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess going to prison. I don't know where he was supposed to be going, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I think he was, no, he was supposed to go um, either to prison or to some sort of like holding facility or prison uh, yeah. or jail because he was uh, <laughs> going to be put on trial for his crime. Right, 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 right. Um, that was going to wrap up nicely right before the midterm. So uh, he could, his brother could get reelected. But anyway, so um, May is gone. So Sky is in charge of watching Coulson and he seems to be deteriorating quite quickly and it's, it's worrying. Um, in Philadelphia, Ward shows up at a bus station and Trip is there. Uh, we find out that Christian Ward wants his brother alive, and so they have to get him by any means necessary. And Ward has a locker here with, you know, a bunch of money and a new identity stash and a phone. He gets his stuff out of the locker, and he sh- he lifts his shirt up and shows Trip, who he knows he's there, uh, that he's wearing a ton of explosives. So he's wearing a bomb. That's right. And- he doesn't just show him that he's ripped. He's not just like, hey, <laughs> we're both oh in God. good shape. Ew. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he knows Trip is there and he's showing him like, hey, don't come near me. I have a bomb. And Trip's like, dude, he knows I'm here. He's wearing a bomb. This is not good. Um, so back at the playground, Sky mentions to Coulson that she got some intel about the um, carvings. Um, her source, Micro, who is a reference to Micro from The Punisher, kind of cool. Um, he's like a crime scene junkie, and she finds uh, he he found crime scene photos that have uh, this same writing carved into bodies. Um, and they find out that one of the victims uh, was a Shield agent. And Coulson's like, I know I should remember her. I've seen her. She's a Shield. She's a Shield agent. Like, and he can't remember how he remembers her. So Sky and Coulson go to her apartment. Her name's Janice something i forgot to write it down um and they're like looking around and sky says this place just screams shield agent as she's looking at a statue of the buddha (laughs) which i thought was hilarious um there's a lot of funny moments in this episode that are like quietly funny um and they find um the alien writing in her artwork so she's been painting these symbols and one of the pieces of artwork is titled a magical place, which is creepy as fuck. Robin, um, her, her last name is Robbins. Oh, thank you, Janice Robbins. Um, so her real name is Rebecca. I put Rebecca Steves. Great, Rebecca Stevens. <laughs> Sorry, I can't type. She's related um, to Rick Steves, the, uh, <laughs> the travel guy. Uh, things you find out you do when you're tired. Um, so she died five years ago from cancer, um, and apparently Mac and Fitz went and got her body so that Simmons could do an autopsy. Which, good lord, they're just breaking all the rules for Colson now, and they don't even know it's for Colson. I mean, some of them do, but Mac certainly doesn't know that this is for Col- for Colson. <laughs> like he thinks this is like a legitimate shield operation. Um, so Simmons does her analysis and she finds GH325 in two sets of subjects. So there was some DNA in, underneath the fingernails of, of Janice Robbins, right? Robbins? Yes. Janice Robbins. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and so she had the GH325 serum and so did whoever was under her fingernails. Um, and Simmons looks at Sky, and Sky's like, don't look at me. I didn't do it. <laughs> and that just made, I'm sorry. That made me laugh out loud because it was, this is like a really tense, serious moment. Like we're solving this mystery and that just like interrupted it. <laughs> and I don't know. Sky has a lot of good lines in this episode. I'm very happy with it. Um, 
turns out she was a Tahiti patient. Um, and Coulson wants them to put him in the memory machine so he can remember uh, about this project that he was in charge of. And he feels a responsibility for these people. At least that's what he says. Um, is that really why he wants to find out? Or is he giving into his compulsion to know what these symbols mean? Also, slight aside, him calling it the Tahiti Project cracked me up. Yeah. Because they right? always call that Project Tahiti before. Or just the, the Tahiti Project, it's like, it just it just sounds so <laughs> different to me. It sounds like it, it does. It sounds so much less sinister than Project Tahiti. <laughs> What's well, weird, it just makes you think like you never hear it called like Project Manhattan. It's always the Manhattan Project. It sounds much more sinister if you say Project Manhattan. Like it's, I don't know. Maybe it, there's something to that. It, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, and you just think like you don't. I don't know. It it doesn't work for everything because like you know, uh, Captain America. It's Operation Rebirth is the uh, the Super Soldier Serum uh, operation. But it, what doesn't work with like if it's the re- rebirth. the Rebirth operation? That doesn't work. <laughs> That's true. That just sounds like they're trying to like I don't I don't even know what like have somebody be like born again out of a womb like that's just weird like a, it's like a v-back after you have a c-section yeah, <laughs> um so as this is all there's simmons and and sky are strapping colson into the machine and mac and fitz are standing back and mac is watching this and he is like worried he's like what is happening like he lost col and Fitz is trying to explain it to him and he's like Coulson lost his and Mac goes marbles mind and Fitz is like no memories and he gives Mac this look like why would you say that like because this is so normal for Fitz and this is not normal for Mac (laughs) like the levels of reality here are very skewed and it was just it was a good moment for (laughs) for both of them um and somehow Sky is like, I'm going to guide you through this, which I don't know how she knows how to do that. Like, does she look at the manual for this thing? Did Raina tell her? I don't know. I guess she is the one that found him in it before. No, but that's a pretty good call. <laughs> like, this is just a moment where, like, conveniently, again, we forget a lot that because at some point right towards, the, I don't know, between the two seasons where she comes to terms with everything, uh Sky is like no longer really a tech expert, <laughs> but, right. but she used to be. So, I mean, yeah, even though it was like mostly hacking, it still makes sense. And they did, like you just said, they did make a reference to hacking again, which is rare at this point already. Yeah. So that's like what, what are the last ones? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess so. I don't know. Um, it's just funny. And I guess it took Simmons and Fitz six weeks to figure out how to even work this machine. So they're still pretty scared about using it. But but Coulson insists. So they strap him in. Um, That's a really weird thing to mention, too. <laughs> but it took them this long to, to figure out how to use it. And Sky's like, I got this. Yeah, I'll guide you. Don't worry. I know what we're doing. <laughs> it's weird. It's just a weird, weird thing. It's very plot device But we also, I mean. Whatever. It's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Coulson gets put in the machine and he is in this room, which is like uh, an interrogation room at, he says it's at the guest house, which is where they found the serum. If you remember with Garrett. Um, and he sees all the Tahiti patients and he's interviewing them. And um, we see them go crazy. Like they, they start out fine and, and rational and they just slowly lose it. And they start carving shit into the desk, into their arms. You know, they're, they're not well. Um, and Colson's like, we need to shut this down because 
this is not sustainable. Like we can't do this to people. And there's another scientist that's talking to him and she's like, look, we can't just shut this down. This alien is thousands of years old. It predates the pyramids. Um, and you know what? Maybe the GH serum is imprinting its genetic memory into them and it's causing a schism in their brains. So if we erase their memories, maybe that will help give them peace. And so they decide to do this, <laughs> which now it makes makes more sense why Colson, oh God, this is all just so fucked. I don't I keep this is so many levels of fucked up. I just can't even oh, oh my God. So in Atlanta, <laughs> Ward gets off his bus and Bobby is sitting there reading The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, which is about how small things can make a difference in the big picture. A little ironic for this moment. Um, so Ward uses a mother and son to get on another bus. At, he's like, oh, I'm going to help you with your luggage. And he's being really sweet to the, to the boy. And then they get on the bus and she's like, oh, do you want to sit next to us? And he's like, no, nah, I like the back. And he just ditches them. And the look on their face is like, what just happened? And Bobby's on the bus already, and so he sits down right next to her, and he sees right through her cover, and he's like, you're good, you know? I know you're working for Colson. Like, you've been reading the same page in this book since I saw you outside. I almost didn't catch you. And so he's like, if you follow me out of here, if you try anything, I'm going to blow up this bus, so go away. Um, and then he has this like this little line of dialogue where he's like, driver, I got on the wrong bus. I'm sorry. I need to pay attention more to details or something like that. Something to that effect where clearly that's ironic. <laughs> so he gets on a bus to Boston and Hunter is already there and he's dressed up as a cowboy. <laughs> and he's like, like copy that darling on the cops. I don't understand why he's dressed up as a cowboy. <laughs> this was so random. <laughs> uh, um, so Ward gets off the bus in Boston and he goes to this bar, which is the backstage bar in Culver City near where I live. And actually, Billy used to work there. So every time <laughs> this bar is used a lot in this show, it's actually used more than once. And so every time this bar comes up, he's like, hey, backstage bar. Billy used to work there. Whatever. Um, it's used in a lot of shows. Um, but the bartender is clearly an old contact of his. And um, Bakshi shows up and Hunter is sitting outside, like still tailing him watching everything that's going down and Ward and Bakshi have a conversation and he Ward's basically like, look, I've been in a cage in more ways than one for the most of my life. And now I'm finally free. And yeah, you're fucking crazy. Um, and he mentions that Strucker is overseas. So someone else is in charge here. So I guess Strucker is like the official head of Hydra. I don't know. There's multiple heads, right? So yeah, and that's Whitehall's a, one of them. But that's a reference, <laughs> I believe, uh, directly to the character who would be, um, in the next Avengers movie, slight yeah, slight dip into our spoiler section yeah. uh, for Age of Ultron, but there's Strucker stuff in that. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I don't think that ruins anything. But apologies if it does for anyone. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't. It, that movie's old. Sorry, <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, it's on you. Um, spoiler or not, also, I feel um, like just skip it. <laughs> just yeah. go to just go to. Uh, I actually, I actually really enjoy that movie. I know everyone hates it, and there's a lot of like. Um, like comics continuity issues. I know you have issues with that, but I really enjoy that movie and I watch it quite a bit. I don't, I really don't think <laughs> that it's that those reasons are why, because like, there's also a lot of like, just the way Ant-Man goes down in general is super different. Uh, but I, I like that movie a lot. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm that beholden. To, I don't think that's the reason why, but I also don't mind <laughs> that other people like, like it. Like I, I'm happy uh, you enjoy it. I also like, uh, although although I find that it's less of a 
odd opinion than it used to be. I really don't enjoy the first Avengers film very much. Like, I don't. I, I don't either. <laughs> I tried watching it again. I was like, this is terrible. It's just <laughs> I don't watch not this. very good. And like, none of it makes any sense. I've seen a couple of people like bring it up. Like, I think I've read a couple articles and seen more headlines to that effect just more and more frequently that are like, wait, as they're thinking about it, as we're approaching Endgame and all like the fullness of the Marvel plot comes together, they're like, wait, why did the first Avengers happen? <laughs> yeah. like, why did any of that happen? Why did Thanos give that to loki yeah it's what just, was he gaining what was thanos gaining yeah it was weird weird and it was loki getting it out just, of it what, it, was, like, what it was, does not age well in more ways than one not only with the plot but and the like st- overarching story but just like some of the performances it's just i don't know well, it's just getting them all on screen and i feel like yeah. that's really like people don't appreciate how much of that was just that's all they had to do and then yeah. I think that honestly, that I still haven't seen it, so I can't judge its quality, and I don't like like it's not that wouldn't really be reasonable. But I just don't really have a desire to see uh, Justice League. But no, I don't either. <laughs> I feel like they took for granted because I think they accurately read that. Oh, you know, the only really remarkable thing about those Avengers movie is that they got them all together. What they don't realize is that since then, it's not a big deal anymore. Like yeah. it's happened three times. They've essentially had three Avengers movies before Justice League, even though uh, Justice League came out before. What do you call it? Um, uh, Infinity War, right? Uh, at the same yeah. time, uh, the first two Avengers movie and and uh, Civil War, which is essentially an Avengers movie, had all yeah. had all come out. So I don't know. I know that's a I little know. bit of an aside, but it's just a, a <laughs> definitely weird. It is weird. Um. So, where are we? Oh, Ward wants a meeting with Whitehall, um, and he promises Bakshi and Whitehall a face-to-face with Coulson in return, which, what what are you up to, Ward? Um, At the playground, they find out, um, so, oh, Coulson's still on the machine, by the way, so he's... Sky is like demanding that he name off the Tahiti Project um, patients. And so Louis Seaver is one of them. He was killed in the church fire in Miami. Interesting. And all but two agents so far that were in the project have died in the last six weeks. So someone's killing them. Um, And so the Carver and one agent are left. And um, we see Coulson in his memories talking to the Carver guy, the tattoo guy, and he seems somewhat rational. And then we realize that he has been carving into his own skin instead of like on the surfaces. And he's like, I need to know. I need to know what this means. Like, please, you know, don't erase my memories. I need to know. And then he turns into Coulson and Coulson's memories and Coulson is screaming, I need to know. And now we know his true motive. Like he needs to know what this shit means. Um, we find out the Carver guy is um, Sebastian Derrick and he was an assassin from quote, the dark side of shield, which what is that? <laughs> and can we know more about that, please? That sounds interesting. Um, and uh, Oh, they pulled Coulson of machine before this by the way and he put up a fight and mac is like shaken from this he's like i don't know what's going on you need to pull him out of there they pull him out and he's screaming and then sky gets on the phone with may and they want to put colson in a cell to be observed until she gets back which colson agrees to so um sky's walking colson downstairs um to ward's old cell and they're talking and he pushes Skye into the cell and locks her in there and then he leaves. 
<laughs> which totally unexpected, but makes sense because it was kind of leading up to this moment. Um, so we find out that the other um, Tahiti Project uh, patient is Hank Thompson. That's his pseudonym, his new pseudonym. And he's um, he's in his garage playing with this really uh, like detailed and extensive train set with his kid. It's like multiple stories. It looks crazy. It looks cool. Um, so he's hanging out with his kid in the garage. And then we cut to um, Mac and Fitz are playing video games at the playground. And Mac is very shaken from this. He's like, this is a lot like... I don't know if I signed up for this. This is crazy. And then um, he makes Fitz play video games with him because he's like, no, this is good for you. It'll help your hand-eye coordination. And Fitz is like, look, like it's no big deal. Like, um, you know, the brain doesn't erase everything. He just has to try to remember what's there. Like, you know, doesn't delete files. Just there are backup files there. He's like comparing brains to computers. And um, Mac starts talking to Fitz about, well, you have backup files too, right? Like, it's just cute. Another cute Mac and Fitz moment that I love. Um, so Colson shows up at Hank's front door and Hank answers and Colson's like, I need to talk to you. Like, you don't remember me, but you did in another lifetime. And Hank's like, dude, now's not a good time. And Colson pulls a gun on him and pulls him outside. And he's showing him these photos of the carvings and they don't mean anything to Hank. He's like, I don't know what these are. I've never seen them. They, they mean nothing to me. Like, Another guy already came here asking about that. And Colson's like, there's another guy. And Derek comes up behind him and smacks him on the head and knocks him out. And so Derek has Hank's family in the garage and he has Colson and Hank tied up. And he's having this conversation with Colson about, yeah, Agent Colson, I remember you. You know what helped me remember is pain. So he starts slicing open Colson's forearms. He's like, you know, I, I don't even remember what this whole dialogue was, but basically Colson's like, I'm just like you now. Like, I'm trying to figure this out, too. And um, Hank, in the meantime, is tied up. He gets free because he has like these spy reflexes. Oh, yeah. well, and he, he, he gets free. <laughs> and then like the spy reflexes moment, like he had there, there's, there's a great like little comedy moment because he's running away. Right. Yeah, he's getting his family out and the door makes a noise. And so Derek turns around and throws a knife at him and he catches it right in front of his face. And he's like, kind of looks at it like, did I just do that? Like, <laughs> yeah, He looks like so shocked that he was able to like, just catch the knife. Like, he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And, then he, and then he throws the knife and frees Coulson. Like he cuts the rope that Coulson's hanging from. <laughs> yeah. And it looked like for a second, like he even just missed uh, Derek, but he really yeah. freed Colson. It's just really, it's some really quick paced action comedy, but it's played really well by those guys. Yeah, it was it was really good. And so Colson and and Derek are are having a standoff here. Um, meanwhile, back in Boston, uh, May, Trip, Hunter, and Bobby decide to bust in the bar. They know this is not good. They don't have the resources for this, but if Ward knows they're coming or if they're bringing reinforcements, he'll blow the place up or he'll run. Um, and they find that everyone in the bar is dead and they go into a back room and Bakshi is in the back room with duct tape over his mouth. And there's a note on it that says for Coulson. <laughs> because he still so. thinks he's part of a team. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. He's um, acting like a house cat. Hanks. Like he's like, yeah, he is. I think Sky actually uses that analogy later in this episode, which is like super accurate. Here's murdering animal leaves treats and gifts for owners i don't know whatever 
the, the analogy went south. Um, <laughs> back at Hank's house, um, Mac and Sky are driving on their way to find Coulson. Because if you remember, um, Sky got locked in the in the cell, and Simmons finally noticed that she was locked in there. So they let her out. And she's like, "About time, guys!" She was like jumping around, like waving at the cameras. Um, and uh, Mac is talking to Sky, and he's like, "Hey, can you imagine Shield being run by a man that's part alien?" And Sky's like, "Yeah, imagine that." Oh, Mac, you have no idea. This is the shit show that you signed up for. Um, and they run into Hank on the road. And he's like, dude, there's two guys trying to kill each other. Please call the police. And Max like, we'll handle this. And they just drive like this big black dude and this like tiny Asian girl are like, we'll handle this. Like, I would have been like, who are you people? <laughs> like, this is you're going to handle this. OK, so Coulson is at a standoff and he pulls Derek or he he convinces Derek to go to the upper level because he sees something in the train tracks um, and Mac and Sky come in as Coulson has Derek. Um, he's strangling him with a rope, and they're like, "Dude, you need to stop, or we're gonna shoot you." And, and Mac's like, "Yeah, this is a real gun. This isn't an icer. Like, I will shoot you." And so Coulson finally lets him go, and Derek sees the train tracks, and it is the alien patterns, but it's in three dimensions. So they realize that it's a blueprint of a city. Um, back at the playground, Coulson is explaining to the team what's been happening. Um, he says that his compulsion to carve is completely gone now that he's seen all the pieces together. Um, and he explains what this is. So he explains that this is a blueprint of a city somewhere. And this is part of the puzzle piece that they've been trying to work out, um, that's related to everything. It's related to Sky's dad. It's related to the diviner and the weapon that Hydra's trying to develop. And Hydra doesn't have this piece. And so they have their goal is to find this city before Hydra does. So this is what we're going to be doing the rest of the season. <laughs> um, the very end scene is shirt, shirtless Ward, once again, shaving. Uh, ew. No one wants to see that again. Uh, so he shaves his head and his beard. So no more beard. Aren't, are you happy, Jared? <laughs> well, like you said, ew, no beard. Like, why would anyone do that? No. Um, uh, <laughs> In this case, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not sullying beards any longer. Yes. Um, so Sky is hacking Bakshi's phone and someone calls and she answers it and she says, Hail Hydra, which made me laugh because like that clearly she is not Bakshi. Like saying Hail Hydra is not gonna like make it make anyone who's on the other line think that something illegitimate is going on. <laughs> no, it was a smart ass Hail Hydra. It was funny. It, 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 yeah, it, it was, was what Bill Murray would do if he were an agent of Shield in that moment. Like, <laughs> yep. <"Hey>, Audra, <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was funny, um, but obviously it's Ward calling, and he's like, "Oh, Sky, hello, blah blah, good to hear from you." And he's super creepy, and he's basically he's like, "I'm going to see you again soon, I promise." But I have personal matters to attend to, and he hangs up. And the psycho has a shovel and gas cans in the background um, in his hotel room. And he is putting a, 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 a newspaper that has his the story about his brother leaking that he was a Hydra agent on the front cover. So he's clearly going to go take care of his brother. And that's the episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck Ward. Always and forever. So he Ward has this line um, when he's talking to Sky on the phone that he's 
I am hard to replace. Like he met all of the rest of Colson's agents. So he met Bobby and Hunter and he was not impressed. And that was his line. I'm hard to replace. Uh, he's still <sighs> gross. And and screw you. You know what? Like, like uh, Mac or Bobby are 10 of you each. And yeah, Hunter's as good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hunter has different strengths. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pretend he's ten of ten of him, but come on. But uh, and yeah. Bobby for sure, easily. Well, yeah, Bobby's got the same strengths and a bunch of advantages in that she's not a sociopath. And Mac has, I think, some overlap in the Venn diagram, but I think his strengths are much greater in number and just more important. The one, the ones that are more yeah. developed are way that are different are way more important. Yeah. Um, before you talk about comics connections, I want to talk about Coulson really quick. And um, this is not the first time we've seen him bend the rules in using his shield resources to get stuff done for him and his own. And he's starting to operate a lot like Fury, which is interesting because Fury did the same thing to like bring Coulson back from the dead. He like went outside of shield and use these resources to bring this man back to life. And Coulson, like, stole, they stole a body from the morgue, a murder victim, like, and they broke into a crime scene. Like, there's just, like, so many things that's just, like, there's no oversight here. They're not a government entity anymore. They're essentially, like, a vigilante group that is, you know, working for the greater good. But this is a personal matter, like, and there's... Uh, there's a lot here that's like, mm, what's happening? So, and I think Mac is the, is like kind of the conscience of this episode. He's figuring out that that's what's going on without actually figuring it out. Like he's saying like, well, oh, wouldn't it be ridiculous if this was actually the case? And it's like, yeah, dude, that is actually the case. <laughs> like S.H.I.E.L.D. is run by someone that has alien blood. And yeah, this is all personal. And this is all Coulson like dealing with his own personal demons, but using everyone else as a way to help with that, even though it's connected to everything. I don't know. It's It sucks because we love Coulson so much. And so it's like, we want to see him as always being right, but this is not right. <laughs> like so much of this is not right. If you're thinking about it, like not from that perspective. Well, yeah. And I don't know, like he does in general, like, I don't know. If we want to move into spoilery territory. Yeah, let's do it. Spoiler section time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Col- I like the abbreviated version where you're embracing. Uh, but I feel like Colson, though, you know, over time, I th- he definitely he's willing to do this. It's not the only time he's willing to no, make exceptions not. for the team, I think, in particular. But in this case, it is because he's like become driven pretty mad, like in his motivation level. Like he's at peak, have to figure out the mystery, Whoa. you know. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely you, you hit the nail on the head when saying it's like Fury, and it's not something he doesn't do over and over again, especially for uh, Sky, aka Daisy, uh, and and yeah. May, and pretty pretty much anyone on the team. Yeah, pretty much anyone everybody on the team he cares yeah. about. And and in general, he'll he'll put himself on the line for other people. Like in the first episode, he doesn't want he he, he wants to to avoid hurting someone as much as possible yeah yeah i just think it's interesting that he was upset with fury for for just the same stuff he does yeah and here he is using you know 
doing the, yeah, doing the exact same thing. So I don't know. <laughs> now, and now we have to worry about Mac, who is now director. True. Just don't hurt Mac, please. Yeah, don't, don't compromise <laughs> him too much. I know. All right. Comics yeah. connections. There are th- uh, three characters for sure. And then one that is, I think, maybe uh, <laughs> a reference. And so the first, you already brought up uh, Micro in both the comics and in uh, the TV universe that has appeared on Netflix. Uh, is David Linus Lieberman he, uh, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is an NSA agent, and uh, he uh, you would think that he would know Sky through Rising Tide as well, which makes mm-hmm. sense because he was, we know he was a conspiracy theorist, and because he had called out, I think it's like almost as a whistleblower as an NSA guy, he had to go into yeah. hiding. Yeah. Because... He had to like fake his death. Yeah. So, uh, and he was a family man. He's one of the best parts of Punisher season one. Yeah, he is. He's so good. I've not seen the second season. I'm not sure if he's in it. No, he's not in it. Definitely one of the best parts of season one, though. Him and him and Frank's like, oh my god, their <laughs> dynamic is amazing. <laughs> uh, in, in the comics, uh, he's a very different guy. He's a schlubby dude. He's a nerd. He's a <laughs> He's a computer hacker guy only. He's not an NSA agent, no spy aspect to him. Yeah, he went by microchip. He studied at State University uh, in, in New York and Marvel Comics. And uh, yeah, no, he was an ally of the Punishers who ended up, I think, teaming up with people against him, I, I think. Oh. Uh, first, because he had kind of like lost his sanity, but then he ended up just becoming... Uh, a full-on bad guy. He killed a long-term uh, shield agent called uh, GW Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, GW. Guess guess what it stands for. His, oh. his name was George Washington Bridge. No. <laughs> yeah, he was created by Rob Liefeld. Now, I don't like that guy, <laughs> but I will give him credit for this point. Like, yeah, Deadpool's Deadpool's name Deadpool's name is Wade Wilson. Okay, dead yeah. Deadpool. Look at his first appearance and his design, and look at one of the first comics that he drew that Rob Liefeld drew was Hawk and Dove, which is a spinoff of Teen Titans. Who was the mm-hmm. main bad guy, most popular villain, and one of the biggest characters of DC ever at that time? Deathstroke. Deathstroke, the mercenary, <sighs> named Slade Wilson. <laughs> Deadpool is Wade Wilson. He's essentially wearing Spider-Man's uh, costume with de- with Deathstroke's gear over him. His name is Deadpool, Deathstroke. They're both just actual terms that have to do with murder or <laughs> or assassins. Wow. Yeah, like it's oh, it's so Sweet, it's it's, it's on such so many levels. <laughs> but so the guy's not super creative, is my point. In defense of GW Bridge, yeah. uh, it, it, I mean, it's not. That's not really a defense. It's just saying he's not creative. Uh, that's my roundabout. My defense of Rob Liefeld is still a pretty harsh indictment. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the guy. I did start by saying that, I think. Uh, but he was a character he created that was like a long-term important character, in, uh, especially, especially with Cable. But he ended up having a relationship mm-hmm. with a bunch of people because he was like a big muckety-muck at S.H.I.E.L.D. He was like a general at S.H.I.E.L.D. He was basically one of like Fury's top dudes back when Fury could be played by, uh, <laughs> by what's-his-face, by uh, Michael Knight. Uh, um, from oh, Knight Rider, 
Um, why can't I think of his name? David Hasselhoff. Um, yeah, yeah. I kept thinking of Michael because of Michael Knight, because of Knight Rider, but I was like, I know that's not right. Like, that's not his name. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but back back then, he was his, uh, like, second, second in command in a lot of stories. And he was just, like, older, like, in his last appearances in Punisher, a lot of time they drew him overweight because he was always supposed to be, like, middle-aged or older. Like, he, he started, in his first appearances, he had white hair, but he was an older uh, African-American gentleman. And eventually, microshot, uh, microchip, after he went bad, he died. And then, um, he died because Punisher killed him. After he went bad, he tried to recruit Frank to this group that was crooked and uh, used, like, stolen drugs and whatnot. And, and Frank, uh, Good Lord. Frank killed him. <laughs> Because he's Frank. Uh, so then yep. he gets resurrected by a guy called The Hood, which was a villain in a lot of Marvel stories for a while. He resurrected a lot of bad guys in a couple stories. And uh, <laughs> he ends up like taking Punisher, uh, taking revenge on Punisher. Uh, he was going to try try to like tempt the Punisher, saying they'd revive his family as well as the Microchip's uh, dead nephew. Because in this story, you know, Microchip never had a wife and kid. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, in it, he kills GW Bridge. So uh, Frank, I think, ends up killing him again uh, in revenge for killing <laughs> GW Bridge. Uh, okay. So <laughs> a few shield connections in the comics, but yeah, he went bad, hardcore, and super dead like <laughs> twice. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the Netflix version of him much better. <laughs> yeah. No, I I do too. He has some of the best scenes, like you said. Like it's just one of the best parts of that first season. But yeah, uh, I think it's while they're both being captured by by Jigsaw, uh, who's awesome in the f- in the first season at least. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, second season they were put in the same place. The resurrected uh, microchip and Frank slit his throat, and Jigsaw let it happen. This I figure Ooh. he doesn't mind because it probably hurt him, even though he was getting revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so then the other two characters, uh, I guess in order of appearance, are your uh, Janice Robbins, a.k.a. Rebecca Stevens. Rebecca Stevens. Rebecca Steve. Yeah, Rebecca Stevens, <laughs> the, uh, or Rebecca Steves. <laughs> Rebecca Steves' sister <laughs> slash S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Uh, no, in the comics, Rebecca Stevens is not a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> She's an ally of the Avengers uh, Unity Division, which was... When okay. the Avengers had like a bunch of groups, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, like one of them was called the Unity Division, and like it's because there's at the time they tried to simplify it, and even now there's like at least two because there's West Coast Avengers with Kate Bishop and and uh, America and Hawkeye, uh, the other Hawkeye, <laughs> Clint, um, and <laughs> and a bunch of other characters like hanging out in L.A. Uh, and then there's the main <laughs> Avengers title, but there's also like a couple of, there's a new one coming up called Savage Avengers that is including Conan because, uh, Marvel recently reacquired the Conan license. Oh, yeah. Conan God. the Barbarian, not, not O'Brien. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> hey, he has a bunch of pops every year at Comic-Con. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Could, yep. He, yep. He, 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 he'll get his spinoff next. It just wouldn't be called the Savage Avengers. Uh, it'd be whatever the giant redheaded Avengers. But the Unity Division was like in an effort. It, I, I actually do get why it's this specific vision for one existed for a while. I can't remember what title it was. Uh, I mean, um, oh, Uncanny Avengers. How oh, that's it? Because Uncanny was always Uncanny X Men. So it's this is the Avengers slash X Men crossover book, and you know it 
because it's an adjective from X-Men Red Avengers. Yeah, it's very silly. It's super inside baseball comic nerd stuff. But like Rogue was a member of the team and Scarlet Witch. So a bunch of mutants, but also like Captain America and a bunch of like classic Avengers like Thor as well. I think Havoc, uh, who is the brother of Cyclops and was created by the flat earther I mentioned in a previous episode recently, uh, Neil Adams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, a striking, amazing visual. And of course, Wolverine, because uh, con- contractually every single superhero team in the Marvel Universe has to include Wolverine. They will accept mm-hmm. some sort of variation of Wolverine, but they prefer Wolverine. Anyway. <laughs> some sort of variation. Well, there are, well, there's like old man Wolverine from an alternate dimension where, where he kills every member of the X-Men because Mysterio, new bad guy in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home coming up, played by Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, that trailer doesn't let everyone realize it, but your spoiler, he's a super bad guy. Um, but anyway, yeah, he like, the idea was the idea was that this guy who is literally a Hollywood like illusionist turned supervillain who can like trick people <laughs> oh with God. illusions. Wolverine has super senses, all right? Like crazy preposterous super senses. This guy can heal himself coming back from the dead. It's yeah. crazy the powers Wolverine has. He's ex- extremely overpowered when it comes down to it. And yeah. uh the idea was that some that Mark Millar had the guy who was behind the original Civil War comic book and a bunch of really over-the-top stuff, including Kick-Ass and uh, Kingsman, a bunch of stuff. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he had, a, he, as in the story of this old man Wolverine story, old man Logan or whatever, he is brainwashed and he murders uh, every member of the X-Men. Okay. And the idea was like that this would work on a guy who's like had like telepathy training from uh trial xavier and all this stuff and all this because oh he's just never fought one of spider-man's bad guys before even though he's literally fought mysterio with spider-man countless times in the comic book <laughs> like in the very comic books these are taking place this isn't a movie adaptation it's just it's so bizarre but in this alternate future but like for the i think the past like four years just now there's a story called dead man logan where i think they're getting rid of old man logan he's dying but he's been in the present day marvel universe just hanging around. Yeah. And some of that time, the main Wolverine has been dead. <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of variations. X-23. Or, I don't know how uh, you keep track of all of this. I'm just like, I need a spreadsheet. <laughs> I don't know how I do either. <laughs> uh, uh, Laura from X-23 yeah. from from Logan the movie and uh, who's originally from X-Men Evolution, the, co- uh, the cartoon, mm-hmm. and then joined the comic books later on in a series called NYX. She, uh, you know, is the clone of Wolverine. She was Wolverine for a while. Like, like, there's just there's all sorts of different Wolverines you could have, different varieties of Wolverines. He had a, a, a son of his called Dakin, who was Dark Wolverine, and then he also has <laughs> a, a son of an alternate dimension version of him that survived the destruction of that dimension. Of Jimmy, um, ooh, what is his last name? Oh, the Guardian was his adoptive father, Hudson. Yeah, that's right. James Hudson was his adoptive father. So he's Jimmy Hudson, Jimmy Jr. Weird comic book shit. Dude, comic books are <laughs> fucking amazing. And they're so weird. So Rebecca Stevens was an ally of the Avengers Unity Division because she was a friend of Black Knight. Black Knight, <laughs> a long-term member of the Avengers. Uh, Dane Whitman, descendant of a Crusade-era knight called the Black Knight who had a, found a magical blade called the Ebony Blade that when you touch it, 
I don't know, it does stuff to you. Uh, eventually, <laughs> like he would like get powers or like become possessed by it. There's a lot of stories in comics, but like also like I don't know, uh, was it Haunted Tank is one where like it's like haunted by a by like a Southern general from the Civil War. It's a DC <laughs> uh, character. It's awesome. Uh, but like I feel like there's all these stories of in comics where there's someone is haunted by a descendant of, or an ancestor of there. And like they either give them advice or like somehow empower them or like sometimes they like possess their descendant. Like it's really bizarre. There's an old one uh, from Netter comics, I think called the fighting Yankee where it was literally like it was a world war two era hero. And he like would be like a version of captain America, but instead of having an experiment on him, he was just possessed by his revolutionary uh ancestors ghost <laughs> lovely like, i've ghost strength <laughs> of course ghost strength oh so God. yeah i guess because she was an avengers ally they're like the avengers are an offshoot of shield in this <laughs> so we, we need to let's stick her in there a random name so rebecca stevens six appearances first appeared in a comic book called original sins number two August 2014, created by Frank Thierry and Raffaella uh, Yenko. And yeah, she was the author of a book called Black Knight, Black Legacy. It was an expert on Black Knight and the Ebony Blade. And uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so all they share is a name. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, uh, she was very well played uh, yeah. in the episode. Yeah. Good job. Uh, Monique uh, Gabriella uh, Kernan, I believe, is the actress. Did a good mm-hmm. job. Uh, and then the the other one who shares an a- he's actual S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, <laughs> Hank Thompson, the character. His S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, name was Cameron Klein. And yeah. uh, we don't know really anything about him. I've been, you know, he was an experiment on with that. And they ended up being a welder on the show. Uh, in yep. the comic, <laughs> he also only had like five appearances in a Captain America series back in like what like 15 16 years ago it was in 2003 i think he was in let me see captain america volume three number 32 in august 2003 and he uh was created by dan jergens and jerry ordway and his name is cameron klein he's a shield agent uh originally like a, a, just a technician ended up having a couple of adventures with captain america because they bonded over uh his grandfather stanley klein had served with the Howling Commandos of during the Battle did. of the Bulge. <laughs> yep, yep. Because they all, as we just mentioned, everybody follows in the footsteps of their grandparents. I don't know anybody <laughs> who isn't a member of an organization that was founded by the Army Buddy group <laughs> that my grandpa was in. My grandpa in World War II totally know all about it. I I don't know anything about it. What the hell? It's weird. <laughs> weird trend. <laughs> Um, but uh, Dan Jurgens and Jerry Orway have had like super, super long um, Superman runs. Dan Jurgens still, I think, writes Superman comic books and has been off and on since like 1980. <laughs> like, it's oh, crazy. He shouldn't be anymore. He's just an old man. <laughs> um, Jerry Orway also, uh, in like relevant stuff, had a really, really long run. He was like the caretaker of the character that's now called Shazam, who was called, even when his book was called The Power of Shazam in the 90s, when I read it, when this guy wrote it and drew it for a long time, he was the caretaker of this old character from Fawcett Comics uh, that was called Captain Marvel. And it used to still be called Captain Marvel, but like in the early 2000s, DC was sort of just like, hey, we can't, we can't 
sell anything called Captain Marvel ever. Let's stop calling yeah. him Captain Marvel. Let's just call him Shazam. Yeah. And like literally the show was called Shazam in the 70s. Like they've they haven't been able to call him Captain Marvel since they bought him off of Fawcett. And and also it's shameful because they sued Fawcett. Fawcett was an independent publisher. They had a bunch of successful characters of all sorts of different varieties. Their biggest one was all related to Captain Marvel and the Shazam family, the Marvel family. There was Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. The whole outfit that Elvis wears that everyone knows that's like the crazy one with the cape. Yeah. Like like the weird lapels and everything. Yeah. That is based on his favorite superhero, Captain Marvel Jr. Not Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel Jr. His whole personal style is based on Captain Marvel Jr. You can read about, you can look that up. It's true, a true fact. Weird as shit. Another super weird comic wow. book thing. Uh, and he was, he's cool actually. Like, like he's like old school, like progressive in like the 30s, like late, thir- no, like maybe 1941, not 30s. Freddie Freeman is uh, Billy Batson's best friend. He has to use crutches because he has like a palsy uh, and can't like use his le- one of his legs right. And he's also a Jewish immigrant and it's like, or son of a Jewish immigrant. It's like, dude, awesome. <laughs> like, we, like now it's like, like someone would be like, what a disabled yeah. son of an immigrant superhero. Get your PC nonsense. It's like, this character is older than your grandparents. You idiot. Yeah. I just props to those guys. But so that's the company yeah. that DC sued into oblivion because they said literally, your character's a ripoff of Superman. Yeah, he's a 10-year-old kid who says a magic name of a wizard with an acronym that spells powers from gods and other mythic characters that he inherits powers from. They, Wait, what? They tried Yeah, this is They tried to No, they literally they, they they sued them into oblivion and they they weren't I think owned by Warner Brothers yet. I don't believe, but they were still owned enough by like a big enough conglomerate in comparison to the independent publisher that was Fawcett that they were they had all this lawyer money but they didn't have and they sued them to the point where they had no money and in the end they said, "Hey, we'll give you this much, take it off your hands." And they gave them all their IP. Wow. And that's how it's owned by DC. So when any DC troll, wow. not fan, but a troll tries to give anyone shit about Captain Marvel being at Marvel now and the, the true Captain Marvel's at DC. No, the true Captain Marvel's owners and creators, CC Beck and Otto Binder, were sued into oblivion and then ended up making what? Superman comic books at DC. Because that's all <laughs> they could fucking do because they had a goddamn monopoly on superpowered dudes. Like, like Superman is not the same as him. Like, it's not insane. at all. He's a 10-year-old boy who turned into an adult version and they drew him to look like a real person. He looked like yeah. uh, Fred McMurray from, uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Like the Nutty Professor movies. Like he was, he was based on a real man. <laughs> like it's like they're like across the board. Like if anyone was going to sue him, it should have been goddamn Fred McMurray for stealing his life. Right? <laughs> it's so weird. It's so bizarre that this, that that's like something that people then like get on a high horse about. But that is uh, another super weird case comic uh, thing. Uh, comic <laughs> weirdness that is worth mentioning because Jerry Ordway has a very long term association with uh, with Shazam and Billy Batson and the whole family. He loves all those characters and kept them alive at DC when they weren't really financially making them any money. I think it was like the Paul Levitz who his whole thing was to keep DC kind of under the radar of Warner brothers so they wouldn't interfere <laughs> and i get it like it's weird i think he stifled it a little bit but like he also just didn't want it to be ruined 
And yeah. I don't think it's been ruined by any means, but I get what he was doing. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's, it's really bizarre. He didn't, like, he also created Vertigo, like, under his reign, which is, like, they hired a bunch of, like, yeah. not typical creatives, like, people from literature and people who aren't just old old white men. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, and yeah. and it's, he's just got a crazy story. Like, he drew, or he, or he wrote for uh, Legion of Superheroes, and he, like, wrote his first stories for Legion of Superheroes, which is the story of the club that Superboy was a part of where he'd time travel to a thousand years in the future. <laughs> to, to, uh, okay. Yeah. And, or, <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing. And uh, so it would be like the year, whatever, uh, 2963 <laughs> at the time, but uh, Superboy would be hanging out with these people and uh, they basically United Nations of planets. Yeah. Uh, I think they yeah. even were the United planets, but like, and most of them <laughs> each had a superpower. Like everyone on this planet has magnet powers. Everyone on this planet has, uh, you know, telepathy. Of course. Which I always thought was like just such bullshit. Cause like we have nothing on Earth. Like, the, like there's all these no. numbers from earth. But it's like, I'm invisible. Cause I had a radioactive accident. I'm like, Oh bullshit. None of these aliens have radioactive accidents. They're just planets <laughs> of special people. Like it sucks. <laughs> no, Paul Levitz, um, who was the publisher at DC for a long time and in charge of all that. Uh, he, first wrote for them when he was a teenager he wrote uh and he wrote them for years and years and years but the first story that was published he submitted when he was i think like 16 years old or something it's bonkers so like in the 60s he started writing comics and when he was like a fan and ended up being like the highest like like position in comics pretty much like for a really long time which is kind of cool (laughs) <laughs> and but yeah those guys him and jerry ordway that's the why shazam was relevant for a long time or not really i mean relevant to the f- handful of people that read comics in the 90s it's cult following yeah. Yeah. now <laughs> it's all relevant because it's got a giant movie coming um but yep. i think i'm i'm actually really excited for both like i'm way more excited like for for uh, carol and for marvel captain marvel just because i like the marvel movies in general and i, I trust them more and i want to see what happens with it <laughs> I just do. The DC movies have been so <laughs> bad know, for so I long. Know. And I know everyone else loves all of them, but like, I don't even, I don't have the same love for the Nolan movies. I don't hate them, but I just don't love them the same way that other people do. Although I do find more and more yeah. people don't like uh, the third one, which I'm so happy. Just because yeah. I didn't feel, I wasn't free, like, to talk about not liking uh, Dark Knight very much. <laughs> like, people like me, like, what? No. You're not serious. It's like, like, why not? Like, no, yeah, absolutely. Heath Ledger did a great job. Oh, sure. It's fun. Like, but like all the things, like, I don't know. It was like, people acted like it was unassailable or perfect or like, and the worst, the the one thing I hated the most was people pretending it was real, (laughs) which was just like, oh my God. Insane. It was like, it's totally possible. I'm just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, like none of us is supposed to be possible. People were just talking about how it was a realistic portrayal of Batman. It was Batman super grounded in reality. I'm like, what was with all the BS science about, you know, uh, cell phone signals creating like virtual a sonar or whatever like none of that made any sense that was all just gibberish <laughs> and yep. like and just the idea <laughs> of lucius fox makes no sense it's like in the comics he's like the business head of yeah wayne enterprises and he's that's it but like you're like no i'm a super it's not realistic for batman to be a to be super strong and good in good shape and a good detective and a super scientist so we need to do an, we need to yeah. introduce another character and make them a super scientist who's a genius at everything. 
who can be like, yeah. like a metallurgist no, and engineer yeah. and chemist. It's like, why the, what the, why the hell wasn't he a superhero? <laughs> right? Like, Lucius Fox, superhero. But anyway, I don't know. I don't want to make any enemies. I'm glad people love those movies. <laughs> I have no ill will uh, towards anyone for liking those movies. But no, I, I'm psyched for for Shazam as well. Like, I'm the most off-putting thing are a couple of stupid things. I think, I think Zachary Levi seems like a good-natured dude with a good uh, good intentions, but occasionally puts his foot in his mouth. Because I remember him saying something about yeah. like feminism or women's rights, or I don't. It wasn't like the worst thing that people have said recently but it wasn't good and it's pretty sad how like how far we've fallen the how far the bar has no, fallen so, for the worst thing no, it's super like, true it's it's like well it just yeah. felt i don't know i just remember whatever it was i can't remember the specifics because it wasn't like so outrageous or hateful but it was just like in my head, it wasn't like, oh, he's canceled forever. It was just like, oh, that's disappointing. It was one of those moments. Yeah. It was just like, come on, man. Just like, it's one of those times where we just yeah, shut up <laughs> and listen and not, like, you didn't need to say anything. It was one of those moments. Yeah. But I don't know. He, he seems like uh, he's an okay dude. And <laughs> I want to see the, the movie and I want it to do well because I want there to be like playful. It feels like it might be a DC version of like Ant Man or whatever, where it's like kind of yeah. lighthearted. And I want, I, it's not taking itself too seriously. Yeah, and I like the idea of a of a movie that kids can see about that, uh, like where a thirteen year old kid or twelve year old kid becomes a superhero. They always have to age them up yeah. a little bit. He's like, he's like ten in the original comics. I think even now in the comics, like they aged him up to like he's a teenager. It's like the idea of a teenager becoming an adult isn't nearly as interesting to me as a child. Like, like I think yeah. that's way more interesting. I wish they'd lean into it. It's another thing, uh, another comic book uh, adaptation, Umbrella Academy. It's really, I, I enjoy what I've seen of it and I really enjoy the original source material, uh, the comics. But in the comics, uh, I don't, it's a barely a spoiler because it's in all the promotional materials. But there's a character called Number Five. There's all these different characters with numbered designations. But uh, in the comics, he's a 10 year old who uh, ends up aging like 50 years after time traveling to a post-apocalyptic future coming back and he's stuck in his body in the show he's like 13 years old i think mm-hmm. and i think played by a kid who's either 13 or 14 i think he's 15 now yeah. so he's like just a little bit older than he's, than he's supposed to be and just and even that's just a little bit older than the comics but it's like why age them up like sorry man a super badass time traveling assassin who's 13 is a little creepy and kind of cool, but a 10 year old is super creepy and super cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, like It's just cool. And I know that those actors are out there. They exist. It's just harder oh, to absolutely. find. I'm sure. Because yeah, they have to be a little bit of a prodigy or whatever, to be a kick-ass actor at 10. <laughs> and this, uh, they exist. They definitely, they definitely <laughs> like, do. Like, yeah. like we see them and like, I feel like Netflix has done a pretty good job. Like all those kids in uh, Hill House are great. Oh, I still haven't watched Ooh. that. I can't. You guys yet. should definitely I'm, watch that. I know. I, horse, I, I don't no, like scary stuff. For me and too. Billy, yeah, Billy doesn't like scary stuff either. So we're both, we'll be like sweating, like under the blanket, like scared, <laughs> watching it together instead of one of us being able to be like, okay, it's not real. It's fine. It's going to be okay. Like we'll both just be freaking out. So, <laughs> so uh, the only other thing that was not even a real connection, I don't think, but like, could have maybe been a shout out is there's all sorts of stuff in Marvel comics and all the time that are refer- references to Goodman. Like I think the lo- the law firm that she Hulk used to work at, she Hulk's a lawyer, uh, another comic book thing. She Hulk 
as a lawyer, as She-Hulk, not okay. in her secret identity, just like walking oh, around. Oh no! Yep, that's the. <laughs> that's it's so awesome. Weird. Uh, but I think like it was like Goodman was one of the uh, names of like the partners, because just like Doctor Goodman in the Project Tahiti flashbacks, who we've seen once before, and I think this is the only other time ever we ever see her is was in a the magical place episode or a, a semi-eponymous episode mm-hmm. uh because the old publisher when i uh i think maybe i was thinking of paul levitz partially because i was thinking of martin goodman already uh who is the old publisher of marvel comics for years for like most yeah. of it like he founded timely and atlas comics which were the original smaller companies that became marvel like uh and yeah, he was just a uh, super rich dude, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like how that's a personality. I don't know. He trait. funded <laughs> all of it. Like, like, like he didn't create any of it. He's not the creator. Yeah. But I felt like it could have been a tribute, maybe or a shout out because oh, maybe it's just a name that pops up repeatedly in Marvel comics as a shout out. So it felt like it wasn't too much of a stretch, and it jumped out a little bit, probably because I don't know. I I was definitely. I think this entire series, I've been watching it with captions I've, for a long time now. I've been watching stuff with captions on, but I think, so I think yeah. the, our entire run through I have been, but for whatever reason, I'm just reading it this time when they referred to Dr. Goodman, I was like, Oh, Hey, good. Goodman. <laughs> Goodman. <laughs> but <laughs> Now it's possible. And I mean, I think we talked last episode on how there was kind of something similar, right? Like a comic creator's yes. name kind of being used as, or, or in and around comics. Yes. So, so and it's definitely not unheard of. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's precedent for that. So yeah, good catch. I don't really have anything else to talk about like episode wise, just because this is, everything's kind of coming together and it's just going to be moving forward from now. Yeah. For like specifics, uh, spoilers, spoilery things to come. Like, is this all it? Yeah. Like I remember. Yeah. Just when the symbols started coming together, I remember what, what they were. So each piece yeah. of that reminds me like, ooh, when's that happening? Like, like basically like, like, and then I think, yeah, it's, is it the season? It's not the season finale. That doesn't make sense. Cause they don't keep doing the inhuman stuff that long. Right. So it's, is it the mid season finale without looking ahead? That seemed possible. <laughs> I think you might be right because this is only episode seven and I feel like this is moving a lot faster than I remember. Me too. Cause like originally I was thinking like the season finale is them discovering the city. Yeah. And then that's when sky gets put into Terra Genesis or whatever. And then right. But that must be the mid season. Right, but, but last season was season five. Yeah. So this must be the mid season finale. Where that happened. Season four had what the framework and Ghost Rider, right? Yeah, and season three had like all the planet stuff and Hive. So they were already done. So, so, yeah. so like it's got to because so like Lincoln starts off in season in this season. He joins in this season and he's it starts in season three, but he, we lose him before the end. So like, yeah. yeah. I think that I think I think you're right. I think you're right with that right, timeline. Because right. yeah, I was like, this is happening a lot faster than it I remember. Because really I was thinking it took the whole season, and I was like, what else is going to happen? Like in the next like 15 episodes, well, I feel like, <laughs> like I feel like did they start it with? I think they made it really, really distinct with season four with the Ghost Rider framework halves. Yeah, yeah. 
And then in the most recent one with future space back to and present current time. Yeah. Yeah. Like halves. But I feel like they sort of started that with season two a little bit. Yeah. Like, and even the right. first season just, just doesn't line up exactly on half for the for the Hydra reveal. But they still yeah. have sort of like two halves of stories. Just one's a much bigger piece if you're a kid and you're upset about a piece of cake. <laughs> like, like, why did they get a giant piece? <laughs> uh, but like everything else, I feel like the sec- I feel like this season, I think like we lead up to the city reveal and then boom, we know exactly what's going on. And then bam, the second season is... I don't know. Uh, hi, your name is Daisy. Here's your crazy and human adventure season. You know, and it's like yeah. a half season arc. And then the second one is like leading up to getting Gemma back. And then the second, and then the second half is Hive is on Earth. Yeah, like, right? yeah. I think you're. I think you're right. I think you're right. Oh shit, man! They snuck up the, that double season format on us. <laughs> I know. I was totally thinking we had more time, but um, no, it's good because lots of stuff happens. No, and you called it early in the season via Mac and and Fitz's bonding. Yeah, that was happening fast. Yeah, you said like this is happening a lot faster than I remember, and I was like, me too. But I think because we both <laughs> had thought like this first half of the season was extended to twenty two fucking yeah, episodes which, instead of eleven or twelve. Which that seems ridiculous now that we're like talking about this, and it's okay, it makes much more sense. But, yeah, when we think about. Oh yeah, it's on seven now, and like we've gotten Raina back in the mix. She's right about to meet her dad because like her all yeah. of her dad shit started already, but like it's really going to kick in a high gear right leading up into these last few episodes leading up to the mid season finale, and then the second half of the season he's part of the whole inhumany shit uh, yeah. because of his inhuman research. Even though that's you know yeah yeah a show exclusive, but still pertinent to the story. Super interesting. <laughs> like yeah, that's interesting. The pacing for sure. Yeah, and it's funny that we both had the same like timeline in our head of like what was happening like season to season and then we're both like wait a minute, like we're both wrong. <laughs> so, it's just funny that we both came to that realization. Yeah, I think I think I might have even like read articles that like said like well, they started with season 4, you know, doing these half season arcs. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's true." But no, but it's no, not. They, it's been like that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe this is like four was very much distinct, like between the two, because it was like almost, I mean, the storylines were connected, but they were very different. Well, yeah, because they dovetailed it to, they dovetailed to at the very end, especially. Yeah. And they, no, like, like yeah, they, they connect, they build off one another. Like, like the Darkhold, the book is, yeah. ne- is yeah. necessary to the whole season, but like Ghost Rider disappears until the end yeah. Uh, yeah. for half the season. Because it's just yeah. like it's just like framework. <laughs> yep. in there. It was like Nick, <laughs> yeah. it, it was like they could have they could have done a period of like maybe I don't know six to seven of those ten or, or eleven or twelve episodes or whatever. It could have could have been like last time on the framework. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> and it would have been fine. Like you would have been like, oh yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> or like last oh time on Hydra. God. Did they do that? Because they did have the Hydra logo, I remember, like pop up instead of the Shield logo in those episodes. Yes, they've had that a couple times. I think even in this past season, in the first, in the first season, season, I believe yeah. that. Now I now I now I'm going to mess up like what Netflix wants to play next because I'm going to end up going to episode <laughs> from season four to see if the last time on was previously on uh, on Framework or previously on Hydra. I don't think it was, but it'd be really funny if if it was a. Uh, Especially if it was on framework. Yeah. I need to watch for that now because I totally forgot that they change up the logo sometimes based on the story. 
Because they change it in uh, season five, too. It's like weird space looking logo, isn't it? I think so. At least like, or like just the the way it opens up isn't the bus doors opening up anymore. It's like like an airlock or something. I don't know. Yeah, something. I do feel like they change change up the logo somehow as well. At least in in that first part, in the spacey part. The spacey part. (laughs) The future spacey. That's uh, that's what we'll refer to. Future spacey part. All right. Let's end here. Future spacey part. (laughs) Uh, Where can the good people find you on the internet? If I'm going to be found, I'm found at ice. No, nothing. And I'm Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Uh, The pod is Project Tahiti. Um, Or you can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com rate and review us on itunes please also we're excited to report that uh, this weekend is wondercon where there's gonna be a really cool panel for the agents of shield for the season six premiere and we're actually gonna get to see the entire episode and we're really excited we're gonna hopefully have some cool stuff to report back to you guys about that next week and thanks for listening to project tahiti it's a magical place later Bye.